airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. is over in Studio CC, and we'll open up the phone lines in the last segment of the show. Going to speak with Michael Spielman, who is the founder and director of Abort 73. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about that ministry, talk about the website, abort73.com. Uh, the move to get information and facts to the public mm. about abortion. I okay. think we might think that we know all there is to know, um, but Michael might might beg to differ. Well, we learned something um, <laughs> from one of our callers of just about you know uh, how this how this stuff works as far as it being regulated and not being really abolished. Exactly you right. Know, that was something that was that uh, shined the light in our minds. Yeah. You know, concerning this issue. You know, I think Michael Spielman would say that. Americans, generally speaking, know as little about abortion as they knew in 1973. Wow. That, yeah, with with the time that has gone by, that the understanding and being able to Hmm. uh, speak intelligently to the debate is something that not many of us Americans, I would even say Christians, can do. So hopefully we can learn Hmm. some tools and uh, we can grow in our knowledge and our understanding so that we can serve the Lord better in our generation right. and also stand up for the rights of those whose rights are being violated mm-hmm. um, and they have no voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they literally have no voice, mm-hmm. Will. You know, because you and I were talking about this the other day and mm-hmm. we were trying to, again, just going back to what makes this different, you know, how were we able to see slavery abolished um, in our country, specifically speaking, but of course, recently we're talking about Britain and everything with Wilberforce. Right, right. But you know, because one of the questions that I asked was the impact. What was the impact of slaves telling their stories? Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, your Frederick Douglass. Right. right. You know, what's the impact? Booker T. Washington. Yes, Booker T. Washington. Yeah. What's the impact of? And I know that we have abortion survivors mm-hmm. who also tell tell their stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's you know. I think you had more that were that were able to come out of slavery and yeah. tell their stories than what because they're being killed. Yeah, as far as the babies. Yeah, you know. Um, I think it was um it was Henry Ward Beecher. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm remembering my history here, um, it was one of the Beechers, and it was um one of the sons who ha- had this church that um they yeah, were known for I writing, right making hymns that. and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was Henry Ward mm-hmm. Beecher, and uh, Henry Ward Beecher at his church. Um, up in the Northeast, man, and I'm forgetting where it was. Oh goodness. I shouldn't talk about it if I can't remember. Anyways, they would hold these, these mock, um, auctions mm-hmm. to raise money to buy slaves, mm-hmm. to set them to free. To set them free. Yes, right. And, um, <laughs> there are some images that have been retained, like some, you know, some, um, artwork depicting mm-hmm. how people, they would pass the plates in this church to raise money 
to buy slaves mm. so that they could set them free to pay for their freedom. Mm. And you have these pictures of, of women taking off their brooches and people just taking off their jewelry and whatever they can offer up. It's almost like a Schindler's List type of a thing. Yeah. You remember at the end of the yeah. movie when he's, yeah. he's like, what, this ring, what could I have gotten? You know, mm-hmm. what could I have done? And there's almost like this sense of urgency that I think I, I don't know how we get that for these babies. Mm. I don't know how we get that. And, and I have, look, this is the thing that's really difficult for me to move past. Like whenever I am, whenever the weight of something comes to rest on me, mm-hmm. it's difficult to shake. Now I can, I can say, no, I understand this. Yeah. And I want other people to understand. I want people to get it. But when there's something that I feel like I myself have taken a long time to make the connection, mm-hmm. it's tough for me to just move beyond and, it. And I, and I think that there's, a reason for that, I, yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be shaken. Yeah. I think that's what happens to us too often with things, you know, for a minute. We're like, oh, you know, set the world on fire, ah, mm-hmm. you know, but then it, it wanes and we're kind of like, oh, all right, back to our, you know, I, I don't think this should be shaken. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder if um, we talk about the ministry of preborn mm-hmm. and I want to ask our listeners to um, be a part of the solution and give to this ministry. I wonder if giving to a ministry that, allows women to see their babies on ultrasound. I wonder yeah. if that is an equivalent to like sort of a mock auction. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you raise money to show the humanity yeah. of a person and you say, yeah. you know, if, if our country's not going to do it, then each of us, we will do it individually. And I wonder if this is a parallel of sorts to that. I, I think so. I think it's a powerful uh, demonstration of what's going on, like what's really happening, you know, uh, and because even with, with, you know, slavery, it wasn't until certain people saw what mm-hmm. was happening. You know, even in the civil rights times, it wasn't until people saw televised, That's you know, right. dogs, you know, uh, uh, going for black people. And, and as far as like hoses being released, it wasn't until people saw like the Emmett Till, you know, so that 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 does something to us to, to actually see mm-hmm. what's happening. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, for. Uh, for us to be able to see the babies on the ultrasound and stuff like that, that does something that shows that, man, this is a person, you know, we should already have that in our hearts. We we should know it, but to see it is very, very important, you know? So we have an opportunity to be a part of that. And I would like for you to either write down the number, enter it in your phone. Maybe you're going to do it later or remember our website, AFR.net, but we don't have to just decry the wickedness. We can be a part of solutions Um, we encourage you to participate in this campaign and it's a part of us sort of doing what we can. It's the equivalent of tossing a brooch in the collection plate as it goes by Mm. to purchase the freedom of someone um, who could not do it for themselves. Mm. Right. So it is giving a voice to the voiceless. And in this sense though, it is very literal. Yeah. It is very very literal literal. that we are giving a voice to the voiceless. I mean, you know, the yeah. slave could talk about the abuse that he or she endured, right. you know, but these little ones cannot speak of the pain. Anything. They cannot speak of the dismemberment. Man. They cannot speak of the anguish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we are here and we who have the mind of Christ, right? We mm-hmm. who are renewed in our minds, we can think differently mm-hmm. about the slaughter of babies in our country. And I, and I got to tell you, as mm-hmm. we're starting this year off, um, I don't want to just move once we move past January, right? where in the Christian sphere, mm-hmm. we tend to focus on the importance of life and abolishing abortion. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want this to be an ongoing conversation that we're having because I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I have, what, I, what I'm concerned is happening with us, and we talk about this all the time, but I'm concerned 
that we don't know the difference between what it is to have a Christian mindset, to be uh, transformed, to have your mind renewed by the spirit of God Mm -hmm. versus what it is to have an American mindset. Mm. I think we think that those two things are the same thing. Mm. Mm. Friends, brothers and sisters, those two things are not the same thing. Right. We have always been tasked with having a distinction in any culture in which we live. And for some reason, I don't know, and maybe it's because of how we were founded, we have made our nation and maybe our American ideals, mm-hmm. and wh- however that shifts, mm-hmm. however that shifts, mm-hmm. we have made that automatically Christian, that automatically must be right. Mm-hmm. And so now look at where we are, though, when we do that. Mm-hmm. When our country says, when our country says that, oh, we can murder babies with impunity, <laughs> if we don't have a renewed mind, then what you say is, well, I mean... Mm-hmm. That's what they said. Must be okay, huh? Must be right. Mm-hmm. No, it's not right. Right. It's not. We have to agree with God. Amen. We have to obey God. We have to submit to His leadership. This is a part of what has always made the body of Christ distinct. Yeah. This is in part why the gospel spread so fast in the centuries following the ascension of Christ. Yeah. Because Christians were about being and doing. Yeah. There was not one without the other. Yeah, and as as Christians, we have to have a a wholesale mindset about that. As far as all these different issues that we're facing, we're talking about life, but as as it concerns marriage, as it concerns identity, mm-hmm. all that we need to say what God said, has said about it, and not what the culture is screaming. Amen. And saying, you know, and Amen. Uh, even um, American culture we, uh, in that. So we have to defend those who are being led to slaughter, mm-hmm. and um, millions of babies. Yeah are being led to slaughter. And I just, I, you know, it, it is just shocking to me that I never really understood or recognized that there are people who have a vested interest in the abortion industry that they, they operate under the guise of trying to end it. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I know that there are people who are wicked who have a vested interest in the abortion industry. We stand against those people. Right. But I think having my eyes opened um, to this, you know, I watched, I watched babies are still murdered here. Yeah. And to hear people in their own words, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really shocking. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, you, if you, if you have Amazon, you can watch it on Amazon prime. Yeah. Babies are still murdered here. Part one and part two. They have. Yeah. Right. Part one is babies are murdered here. Mm-hmm. And part two is babies are still murdered here. Okay. Yeah. And I, I cannot tell you how eye-opening both of those documentaries are, Mm -hmm. but certainly the second second one, one. to hear people in their own words come up with this eloquent way of saying, "Mm, we really don't want to end abortion. And and also come up with this eloquent way of saying, and we really don't want to call it murder. Mm. We really don't want to call abortion murder. I mean, I have to, I know this is going to sound really green, I mean, this is going to sound so fresh and brand new of me, right? But I really did not think that we were talking about anybody on the pro-life side who would hesitate to call abortion murder. Right. I didn't think that those people existed. Right. But they do exist. And they lead huge, quote-unquote, pro-life organizations. And they think that it works against the, quote-unquote, cause Mm -hmm. to call abortion murder. Well, we will call it murder. That's right. It is the taking of an innocent life. Yeah. It is the shedding of innocent blood. That's right. That's right. It is reprehensible to God. It is murder. Yep. 
So um, the Preborn campaign, we partner with Preborn every year. Um, asking you to help us help women make the right decision mm-hmm. is an eternal decision. Um, your gift of $28 provides one woman who is abortion-minded with a free ultrasound, or $148 or $140 provides five free ultrasound sessions. And um, this this should be a part of our response mm-hmm. to the culture. There, there may be other things that we do, mm-hmm. and I hope that there are other things that we do, and each of us should do according to what we can, yeah. right? So for some of us, it's showing up at abortion facilities. Mm-hmm. For others of us, it's working with our local crisis pregnancy center, volunteering and counseling and those things. For others, we don't have that time, but we have financial resources, mm-hmm. and we want to be a part of that change. Yeah. So here is the number, 877-616-2396. 877 877- Six one six two three nine six, or you can go online at afr.net, afr.net, and you can give that way. It's the preborn campaign where um, we allow moms to see their babies in the womb yeah. so that they can make the right decision. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I saw in the uh, Babies Are Still Aborted Here mm-hmm. documentary was, um, I don't. Oh, I can't remember if she was an OBGYN or if she was just like an ultrasound tech. I can't re- remember, or um, maybe I, don't, I can't remember what her position was. But she talked about how when you have these mandates in place in states where we always, I personally, I'm so guilty of this. Rejoice because now they have you have to show an ultrasound before you do an abortion. Mm-hmm. You have to do an ultrasound. So this is a state mandate. You have to do an ultrasound. And she showed how a tech can manipulate what's being seen, <laughs> uh, what, what's being shown. They can either do a really great ultrasound Mm -hmm. and show the baby's face and look at the hands and look at the legs and look, this baby is moving. Or you just move the wand in a different place and then look, see there, it's just, it just looks like you can't even really tell what that is, can Mm. you? You can't. And as I'm watching that, I'm thinking, Lord, I I understand things that I have not understood before, Will. And I see things that I have not seen before. And I'm compelled in a way that I have not been compelled before. Yeah. And I look at our children, you know, and I'm so thankful for them. And I think that I want them to live out true and genuine faith in the United States of America. We have to respond to our culture. We have to respond to the demands of the day. Mm -hmm. In some ways, we can be to the 21st century what the Beechers were to the 19th century. Mm. I always say it and I believe it. We can do it if we will do it. Amen. Amen. That's the question. Will you do it? Will you do it? All right. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and then come back and talk with Michael Spielman of Abort73.com. Stay close. Just give me Jesus. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. We really do. We don't take it for granted that you carve out this time uh, to join us as we talk about the issues of the day. And sometimes we laugh together. We cry together. And Will's like, nah, you cry. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm weepy Wanda on some topics. Some things I just, I I could be more professional, you know, but sometimes, no, sometimes I can't. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thank you so much for doing that. We really do appreciate it. I'm Miki. 
And I'm Will. That's Just Give Me Jesus Unspoken. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. She's gotten our guest on, Michael Spielman, who is the founder and director of Abort 73. And uh, I want to say the name of the other ministry, and I tried to practice it, but I feel yeah. like once I'm on the air, <laughs> I'm not going to get it right. Ahead, Although I ahead, so try. badly want to no, try. try. Ahead, Michael, try. are you there? I'm here. How are you guys doing? Yep. Okay, we're doing well. So so let me just say this. I I educate our, our kids at home, okay? And um, I saw the name of your ministry, um, the one that starts with the L. <laughs> yep. And, and I thought, I know how to say this, but I'm not sure. I'm going to try. And you just be <laughs> as, as brotherly with me as possible if I, mis- <laughs> if I mispronounce it, okay? All right. Loxophomosity. Yeah, exactly. You got it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay. My kids will graduate. Well okay, great. Okay, so you can you can give me the story behind that as well. But I also want to talk about the ministry, abort73.com. Tell our listeners about this ministry, how you guys got started, and even where the name comes from. Yeah, um, so I started full-time pro-life work with another group. Uh, back in 1999, the Center for Bioethical Reform, and um, my first few years with them, I spent a lot of time on college campuses uh, with what's called the Genocide Awareness Project, and it compares abortion to traditionally recognized forms of genocide, and it was just a a tremendous experience um, dialoguing with college students about abortion, and and I realized pretty quickly that most... um, college students who considered themselves pro-choice had sort of defaulted into that position because they had never thought about the issue at much length, or more importantly, they had never been educated uh, about abortion, and they they certainly weren't getting it in the schools, they weren't getting it uh, even in most churches, and so uh, Award 73 was, was my effort to take some of that information and make it more accessible, because what I also found is that a lot of college students are already... Um, past the point of objectivity, so to speak, because they're personally vested in the issue and they, they're not able to, to see it um, clearly anymore because they have a, a vested interest in justifying abortion. So Abort 73 um, is, is trying to, to take the case against abortion and make it broadly accessible to people um, because, to me, the more somebody knows about abortion, the less likely they are to have one. Mm-hmm. recommend one or support one as a matter of public policy. So that's the sort of the backstory. The name of Abort 73 is intentionally vague. Mm-hmm. Um, the 73 references 1973, which is when the Roe versus Wade ruling was decided, which struck down all state prohibitions against abortion. But I knew from the outset that I wanted to be promoting the website with T-shirts, so I needed a name that was short. Um, and even back in 2004, whenever when I registered it, you know, you could not get short names uh, unless you stuck a number in there. So, abort 73 is sort of an abbreviation of abortion 1973, or or you could think of it as aborting the verdict that occurred in 1973. Mm. But again, people are always confused about the name, but that's intentional because I think it's it's one of those issues that a lot of people are are avoiding, and so. When, when you know somebody sees a shirt that says Award 73 and they don't have context, they're not really sure what it's about, and, and that's the question we want them to be answering, you know, asking and answering, what what is Award 73, and then going to the website to see what it's all about. Um, 
So, yeah, is that, does that answer? It absolutely does. No, it absolutely does. I want to double back to something that you said just a minute ago, though, Michael, and then we can move from there because I know that your focus is on information and making sure that as many questions and concerns that people might have when they are um, trying to investigate abortion, that those answers are provided uh, via your website. But I want to go back just a a little bit to college campus. Yeah. And you said something that I think is really interesting. You said by the time these, these students are at the collegiate level and they are talking about abortion, they're already invested and they're invested with or without the facts. I think that you would argue most of them don't have the facts, so they are blindly invested. My question is, in your experience, how do you take, because generally speaking, kids are pro-life. Like if you took a kid and you didn't say anything to them about anybody's right or you didn't give them the, any type of apologetic for killing or for murdering a baby, children are going to be pro-life. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so they're going to say that murdering a baby is wrong. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Where is that middle ground, that transitional mm-hmm. period where from this child who understands that murdering a baby is always wrong, I, they would they would not excuse that, to this activist college student who now largely is defending abortion without information, how does that transition happen? Well, unfortunately, it's 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 education, if you want to call it that, in in large measure. Um, and I've, and I've, like you said, I've seen it happen many times, even with like extended family members of mine who has you know younger people were <laughs> against abortion, and then as they've grown older, they've been enlightened, so to speak. Um, mm. You know, because the university, in in a broad sense, is um, you know, teaching them that it, it, abortion serves the greater good, or, or that general principle is that um, they're rationalizing away what is our, our gut level reaction that, that killing a baby is a horrendous evil, um, but you know they frame it completely differently, and so instead of focusing on the baby, they uh, dehumanize the baby in all sorts of different ways, from mm-hmm. calling it an embryo or a fetus, and they focus almost exclusively on the plight of the woman, and and they they tend to even focus more on the real hard cases, whether it involves rape or incest or, you know, massive fetal abnormalities. So they, they sort of push the debate away from the mainstream abortion. They go to the, the fringes, and they, and they create a narrative there in which the baby sort of gets ignored, and, uh, and it becomes, you know, the... Unfortunately, the the feminist movement, if you want to call it that, has, mm-hmm. has embraced abortion um, and made it part of their platform in ways that it never was historically. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if even as men, you know, as a man, I'm I'm frequently charged with the criticism that I have no right to have an opinion on this issue. And I think a lot of men feel that that um, that they don't have a right to be involved, and so they sort of just bow out because they've they've accepted that that cultural narrative that um, if you support women, then of course you're going to support abortion. Mm. Um, which is it, it's just you know I, I did actually I wrote a, a blog post um, 
last year, which was sort of doing a deep dive into our supporters for Board 73, mm -hmm. and the vast majority of our supporters um, on all these boxes are, are women. And and that's not what the narrative is. The narrative is, you know, women support abortion, men are the ones who oppose it, when my experience has been very different. Um, right. And I think a, a lot of men have, who who might oppose abortion, you know, on the merits, feel like they have no right to do it, and so they just, just sort of bowed out. But, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, certainly the the pressure from society is pushing people towards a very specific agenda and it's yes. one that supports abortion. I want to ask you, just on the same uh, point of, like, college and then, you know, maybe even before college, um, what would you suggest is the earliest age we should be giving this information to our children, mm. you know, even in our homes, seeing that when they get to college, you know, it seems like that there's a very different atmosphere there. So when should we start talking about this to our children? That's a good question. Um, I've encountered a lot of parents who are concerned about the potential impact that negative impact that, the subject could have on their young children if mm -hmm. they're exposed to it. In fact, I spoke at a, at a youth group a couple years back, and this is not uncommon where I was speaking about abortion. And, and when I'm speaking in those contexts, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not even showing the graphic pictures or anything. It's, mm -hmm. it's fairly um, untraumatic, I would say, but I still heard back from, you know, some parents who, who weren't happy about it. You know, these are middle school, junior high mm. age kids, which to my thinking is, you know, they absolutely should know about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, certainly if somebody can get pregnant or get somebody pregnant, they right. should know. But I would, I would say even sooner, my own kids, I've got two in high school now and, and one in first grade, but they have sort of grown up with it. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, they're just shocked like that this happens. Mm -hmm. They can't, they can't process like what, why would somebody do that? Um, and so anyway, from my perspective, I think that they should understand that this happens in America, that, you know, you explain to them that, that we do not support this. We're trying to help the babies. And so if it's, you know, part of your family's DNA, whether it's praying for, uh, for abortion to be eliminated, whether it's, you know, having a presence at, a, at an abortion clinic or volunteering somewhere, I think that, you know, young kids should, should grow up with that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as they as they get older, then it, it, it's going to make sense. They're not going to feel like, you know, they've been blindsided by it. Yeah. And I think, I think that the, the younger within reason and, and with wisdom, you know, following the leading of the Lord, mm -hmm. um, I think the younger that you can um, talk to a child about what is happening in, in America, I think that you have a better chance of kind of um, creating almost a safeguard from competing ideologies or against mm -hmm. competing mm -hmm. ideologies because you help them to solidify and I would say formulate um, a better stance mm -hmm. or a better um, apologetic for why they would be defending life and why they would be standing up for the unborn. I'll say this, Michael, and then you can tell me what you think about this. Um, I didn't find it. Um, it wasn't as uncomfortable to talk to our kids. Now we have five, but the big three would be the ones that we introduce this to. And so they are 12, 11, and 9. And yeah. it wasn't very difficult to tell them that there are wicked people 
who murder babies in this country. But can I tell you what was the hard question? The hard question for me was when they said, how do they do that? Hmm. They said, yeah. how does that happen? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't, how are they, what are they doing to hurt these babies? And that is where I just, I was not prepared. I just expected them to say, oh, that's wrong. That's evil. Like, you shouldn't hurt babies, you know. But their question was, how is that happening? And I think that that is yeah. a question that not only should more Americans, more Christians ask, but I think that that's the question that abortion providers, that murderers do not want to answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It's, you know, for, for those of us who have grown up with abortion, it, it, unfortunately, it's sort of, we get used to it in a sense, and, and it doesn't shock us as it should. And, and some of those questions that kids ask, you know, that we should be asking as well, we're, we're not even we're not even thinking that way because we're just kind of tacitly accepted it. That's one of the things that your website, abort73.com, is seeking to do. As I was perusing your website, um, I was watching your, um, or I was watching, I was reading your response to Planned Parenthood's website, I think where they describe their procedure, their abortion procedure as, um, I think they said, gently vacuuming out a pregnancy. <laughs> Is that yeah. am I am I getting that right? Is that how Planned Parenthood describes still what they do? Yeah, it's um, yeah this idea that you're not aborting a human being, you're aborting a pregnancy is you know factually inaccurate, but that is you know the, the power of language, and, and mm-hmm. certainly everything they do uh, aims at at sort of taking the edge off abortion, so they will you know, speak of it in very vague and, and in fact, unfactual ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, to, to try to make it sound less egregious. Yeah, so you you work and you've done this type of work for, for a while, like, you know, t- taking on this mission. Do you find now that, you know, um, families, and you know, have not been uh, involved like like we should in this as being a person that, that works in it? And, and also, do you find that a lot of the organizations, is there a real push to abolish abortion or is is there just a, we just want some incremental change to hmm. take place? <laughs> well, there's certainly um, different opinions about what the, tactically what the best approach is. And, and like you said, there's a lot of, there have been a lot of incremental successes over the last couple decades uh, at the state level. Um, and, you know, the abortion total is down to the lowest level it's been in, in 40 years. So there's there's been some progress, but it, it's certainly been slow. Um, there's still more than 800,000 abortions annually in the U.S., um, uh, Award 73 doesn't, I'm actually, it's actually just a one-man operation, and, and wow. so our focus is um, exclusively on education. We don't have any formal connection to, mm-hmm. to legislative efforts, not that I oppose those. It's just my, my focus has been uh, on, on educating people and, and hoping to thereby change the law at some point. I certainly want to see the law change. Yeah. Um, I'm not opposed incremental measures. I mean, anything that limits abortion at all, I would 
I would support. Uh, you know, whenever we're we're deciding how to invest our, our time and money in terms of the pro-life issue, there's you know things to wrestle with. And, yeah. And I think individuals have to decide what they feel is the okay. best approach and, and plug you. in if they're able. Thank you, Michael. We have to go so to we gotta a break. grab the break. All right, um, Aaron the Addison's AFR. We'll be right back. When I look in the mirror and don't like what I see, oh, I just thank you for always loving me. And I know I get bad, but you wait patiently, oh, I just thank you for always Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as Jonathan McReynolds, loving me. Jerry B. over in Studio CC, and uh, in just a few minutes, I'll open the phone lines and we can take a few calls. Mm-hmm. I want to remind our listeners to go to abort73.com. Abort73.com. There's so much information there. Mm-hmm. There is so much information there, which is why I was so surprised to hear Michael Spielman say this is a one-man show. That I'm, I mean, there's so much information. If you've got questions. You've tried to talk to friends. You've tried to talk to loved ones about abortion. And you're like, man, I just, I feel like I just don't have enough information. You Mm -hmm. know, if you go to abort73.com, there's tons of it. It's categorized. Mm -hmm. It's thorough. um, It includes cross-reference to other sites, whether, I mean, where they post lies, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how do you speak to that? How do you combat that? You're not going to be disappointed um, that you go and check out abort73.com. We'll put a link to it in the podcast uh, show notes. Mm-hmm. So if you go to AFR.net and you get the uh, Aaron the Addison's podcast, you'll find the link to that in there. Also, the thing about Abort73.com that you're going to love is that they have all kinds of T-shirts and banners and um, profile picture things that you can do if you want to be active on social media and show your support and your defense for life. You can do that. Um, in fact, I, I borrowed one of their um, one of their graphics for my profile picture okay. and changed it this morning. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but abort73.com is where you're going to want to go for that. Um, there was something else that I wanted to mention. Oh, yes. If you follow me on Facebook, if you follow Aaron the Addisons on Facebook, then you know that I, I posted some, some, a series of posts last night. I was in research mode, and as I was looking at some of the things, I was thinking about really where we are in this country. And, you know, um, I think what is difficult for us to face, you know, sometimes these things um, – we would like to overlook them and always make them, you know, somebody else's problem or maybe not the issue that we really have if we could just focus on the issue. But we cannot talk about abortion and we cannot talk about um, our society continually moving away from God without talking about decreased morality Mm. in our country, Mm. decreased morality in the church. The church is not being the salt and light that we're called to be. And so I came across these numbers and I want to share them with our listeners. And again, this can be a part of what we talk about when we open the phone line. So if you want to get queued up right now, you can. Uh, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Sherry B is over in Studio CC and she will get your calls queued up right away. 888-589-8840. And while you're doing that, I would like you to think about some of these numbers um, from 2018 as it pertains to the birth rate and out-of-wedlock births in the United States of America. All right. So in 2018, in 2018, there were 391,829 babies born to white mothers ages 10 to 24. Of those babies, of those 391,000, 
829 babies that were born to white mothers between the ages of 10 and 24, 238,062 of those babies were born out of wedlock for a percentage of 61%. You said um, 10 and 24. That's, that's the ages? Between the ages of... First, I, that is like the listed childbearing years. Okay. 10 okay, to 24. Okay. And, and I wow. think that that's more of a... I think that that's more of a medical... This is when you could conceive mm-hmm. to when... And I don't know where the 24 comes from. I mean, because... Like, I mean, if, <laughs> right. if you're 35, who are right. you, Elizabeth? You know what I mean? Like, what are you, Sarah? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, those are the, those are yeah. the numbers. Okay. okay. Recent birth data. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so 61% of white women gave birth mm-hmm. to children mm-hmm. out of wedlock in 2018. Mm-hmm. In the same year, 176,243 babies were b- born to black mothers. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, 159,000. 679 of those babies were born out of wedlock. That's 91%. Wow. 91% of black babies were born out of wedlock in 2018. Hispanic moms in 2018, 275,553 babies were born uh, between the ages of 10 and 24 to to Hispanic moms. Mm -hmm. Okay. 201,483 of those babies were out of wedlock births. That's 73%. 73%. So here is the thing. Hmm. And and there are different categories that were included in this uh, U.S. births to women ages 10 to 24. They had Asian, other, and then they give you a total. But here is the thing. Everybody's doing poorly as far as wedlock births go. Okay. The first one was 61%, you said, 61% of white women women. in 2018 gave birth to babies outside of wedlock. 61%. Okay. In 2018, 91% of black moms did the same thing. 73% of Hispanic moms. Can I, I want to say this, and I I know, I understand the whole, like, when we talk about disproportionality and, and all of these things, but it is amazing to me that the number of black babies born in 2018 was so low. <laughs> I just, I just, I, th- that's something that just does not yeah. escape me that, you know, cause we, and look, we know that we, we've got the stats that showed, I think it was like in 2015, maybe been as far back as 2013. I'm not sure. I'm fuzzy on exactly when those dates were, but in New York, there were more black babies aborted than were born. Yeah. More black babies aborted than were born. But here's the thing. And this is what I wanted to focus on as we get the calls queued up and we go to the phone lines. We have a morality problem yeah. in this country. Yeah. We have a morality problem. If we think that marriage is just sort of a nice additive, it's just something fun and we don't need that because we're financially independent or we don't need that because our culture has changed so much, then we're going to continue to have abortions at astronomical numbers, but we're going to continue also to have a country that is in decline. Hmm. We're going to have a country that is in decline because we have babies who are being born into unstable families by definition. Wow. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to uh, Holly in Texas. Hi, Holly. Hello. Um, I love y'all's show, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. I, I had a, a question about, like, uh, how do you respond whenever somebody just accuses you they say you're not really pro-life, you're just pro-birth, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't really care about the kids after they're born, like that Michelle Wolf 
supposed quote unquote comedian. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Said, um, how how do you how are you supposed to respond to that? So I think that usually that is an attack to try to silence a Christian who is pro-life, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, man, I heard a term recently, and I don't want to, you know, jump too far ahead, but I thought, man, it was just such a grand one that as believers, we are pro-people, not just, you know, living life, but living abundant life. That's why we share the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. we get them the truth, right? Yeah. So this is not just about us um, going into the hood, because that's the thing. It's going to be like, where's your activism, mm-hmm. right? Where do you, you right. don't show up after these babies are born. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. And in fact, I had a conversation. Y'all know I'm not PC, right? <laughs> Y'all know that? Everybody got it? Okay. All right. Here we go. So I had a conversation actually where I said to an individual, listen, stop with this whole, you're not, you know, pro-life, you're just pro-birth, you don't show up after the fact, and this person happened to be black. And so I said, black people don't move into the hood for missions. Mm. White people do. Man, that's (laughs) that's true. You want to know how much further that conversation went? I'm like, change my mind. That probably was it. Prove me wrong on that. <laughs> Man. Prove me wrong. When is the, look, yeah. look, let me tell you. And, and usually that's, that's the, atta- it's, it's, it has a hint of racism to it. Mm-hmm. You understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It has a hint of racism to it. You don't really care about these babies. You don't really, you're not really pro-life. You know what we are? We are really pro-total life. Mm-hmm. We're pro new life in Christ. Amen. It doesn't just stop at seeing the baby born, but that's why our crisis pregnancy centers not only encourage women to have ultrasounds, but that's why we buy diapers. <laughs> that's why we get clothes and we mm-hmm. install car mm-hmm. seats. Mm-hmm. That's why there's counseling and Bible studies. And guess what? There's Bible studies for the fathers too. Mm-hmm. We are absolutely pro life. Amen. We want them to have a full life in Christ. Amen. I mean, that's, you know, and, in, in, anyway, that's what I would say. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. Well, let's go to Timothy in Texas. Hi, Timothy. Hey, how you doing? Good afternoon. How y'all doing? All right. Hey, um, I, I have one thing I want to say. There's three scriptures, real short. Mm-hmm. Really, the abortion, in my regards, the, the, the abortion issue is truly an indictment of us as men right now. Mm. It, it is a true indictment of, of us as men. You know, God asked in Genesis 3-7 when he, he asked, he says, Adam, where are you? That's the question. You know, we, we have to ask men, where are you in relationship to what God has called you to do? Where are you? Mm. you? You understand? Do you answer like he did? Do you say, um, the woman you gave me, we blame her. Mm-hmm. The woman you gave me, I no longer stood. And the Bible says that. Adam wasn't deceived. He said, he says, he says Eve was deceived. And see, we are not standing. We're, we're letting the enemy right now make us focus, which we should stay focused, of course, on, on trying to save these babies. But the, real, the reason why it's continuing is because we're not reaching out to men. Men are the reason. Any man that would stand by and say, yeah, yeah it's, it's a woman's right to, to kill her kid. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is a man who, when God asks that question, where are you? He says, he's ashamed. Mm. And, and, and you see, that's, that's, God says a man should leave his mother and his, 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 his father, and he should grab his wife and they should become one. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, he says that they, they are not ashamed. Mm-hmm. The reason they're not ashamed is because they're in God. And we have been out of God so long. We've been out of God so long that we are now fighting the fruits of that. Mm-hmm. What you see right now is, is the fruit of us not standing over our family as men. 
And the only thing that we can do at this point is we have to raise men, men, men. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, when I talk to, we, we have to, you can't look at women walking by with tight dresses on. That's in you. Mm-hmm. You can't look at, you. that's in you as a man. Mm-hmm. That's in you. The lust in your heart is in you. Man, Timothy, yeah, you're really, good. he's really touching on something. And it's something that, that we kind of try to avoid. And I think in a way, it's because we have bought into the liberal lie that this is the woman's choice. And so that women can only speak about this, not men. Right. I think it has, I think it has emasculated men. Right. We tell them that, oh, that's not even really your kid. Like you, why does it matter to you? Well, that's not true. Yeah. And you know, like, again, that's another part, like, like Timothy was saying, like you were saying, as far as the, the, uh, the root of it, the root of it, we have immorality is happening. We have like the issue that he's talking about with with men, you know, and all that, and the the things that we see that we're seeing come out of that are the abortions mm-hmm. and all this all this other stuff that are the symptoms of not dealing with the core uh, issues that that's going on, and so he's totally right on that. You know, it's amazing. I, I'm thinking and wanting to double back. I think it was was it Holly that we just talked to. I'm just thinking yeah. here in a second. You know. Our history as Christians, we come from a long line of believers who rescue the hurting. Mm-hmm. That's a part of how the gospel has spread. Mm-hmm. And again, this goes into the category of our being and doing, mm-hmm. right? We are the most generous. Christians are the most generous segment of the population. We give more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't care liberal. I don't care all this. Liberals want to give other people's money. Christians give their own money. Mm-hmm. They give their own time. We volunteer the most. Yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking of the things that point to us being pro-life, yeah. full life for people. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to Robin in Kansas. Hi, Robin. Hi. Hi, you guys. Hey. Hi. I love your program very much. Oh, Thank thanks, you. Robin. Uh, anyways, I like to tell you guys, 20 years ago, if they had this, my daughter would have died. Mm. She is a little girl with Down syndrome. Mm. And if they have found out about this, I am a single mother who raised this child with my parents. And if they killed her, it would have broken my heart and to see people do this. saddening. Because I was raised as a Christian myself. And to see and hear these things, it's not right. There is no harm for people if they do this to their own child. Mm. Yeah, Robin, thank you so much. I wanted to hear more from Robin, but we seem to have a bad connection. I think the point that our sister is making, and you can hear her heart here, is that when we say that a child does not have worth or value because of an ailment, Mm -hmm. we are dehumanizing that person. We are taking away the personhood of that individual. And I think that Christians have got, this is a part of the mindset that has to change. This is a part of the shift in our consciousness that has to take place in mm-hmm. the United States of America, but most importantly in the church. Let's try to squeeze in one more call. All right, let's go to Pat in Kansas. Hi, Pat. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, Happy this, New Year. Hey, what's up, Pat? Hey. <laughs> what's going down? Pat, Texas, Pat, Kansas. Yeah. It's all the same. <laughs> hey, listen, I just passed the billboard. I'm headed from Wichita up to Topeka right now to listen to our liberal governor who loves abortion. Uh, talk tonight at her state of the state address. Mm. And I just passed a billboard that reminds me of the Addison. This said, "Go all in." I just want to encourage y'all. Thank you. I want to encourage y'all. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is a a system that we're dealing with. We've got to wrap this thing in prayer. 
I'm mm-hmm. running for office here in Kansas. I just wanted to let y'all know that, your listeners. Uh, we're, we're running for decency and integrity and to protect both the lives of our children and Christians. If y'all have the opportunity, any of your listeners, go to patrickpenn.com, Kansans for Penn. We're trying to take this thing back in the 85th district and do what God called us to do in this field. Do not be weary in the well-doing that you're doing, Miki. You either will. I love y'all. I'm following y'all all the time. Y'all are beast mode on Facebook. Pat, the Turbinites are coming out. I'm, send- right, I'm sending you. you. I am sending you a bill for that promo. <laughs> I am sending you a rate card for that. All right. All right. We got to go until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.